Bonjour and bienvenue to Ludabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and I'm here to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In this podcast, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France and around the world and share ideas for how to connect to the Francophile within you. Now, today's guest has a lovely French story to tell. Grace McMahon has just finished school in 2020 in Melbourne, Australia, but in 2019, she went halfway around the world to be an exchange student in France. Bonjour, Grace, ça va? Bonjour, ça va bien? <laughs> ah, ça va bien. Now, Grace, I have seen you grow up from a little girl. I went to school with your <laughs> mum and aunts and uncles and mes enfants went to school with you when you were small. So I followed your journey to France with such excitement and pride for you. How did your French exchange come about? Well, it's always been a thing at my school for people in year 11 to go to France for six weeks over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And when I was in year seven and first started French, people would come back and talk about it in assembly. And I was just like, wow, I want to go there. That sounds amazing. And so when I was choosing French as my subjects, I always kept that in mind that I really wanted to go to France. I would too. I imagine that that would be a very good draw card for keeping students in the French language program. So what part of France did you go to? I went to Milan, which is just about 30 minutes south of Paris by car. Mm -hmm. And it was just beautiful. All the buildings, everything was just stunning. Is that a little country village or is it a bigger town? It is a bigger town because it is still quite like metropolitan, but it's not you know, a country village in the cows or anything. It's quite urban. Lovely. Now, how did it feel flying over there on your own? That must have been one exciting flight. Yeah, it was very exciting. It felt quite independent doing that. Um, It was long. It was about 24 hours. We had to stop in Doha, Mm -hmm. Qatar. Um, But it was quite exciting. And flying over Paris and having that excitement of being in France finally was a really nice feeling. <laughs> it would have been. So were you on your own? Did you fly with other students or was it just you? Yes, there were four of us going over there, but two went in the morning and then myself and another student went in that night. So it was myself and this other one other student. Oh, good. Well, that would have been lovely to have been sharing that experience together. What was the family like who you stayed with? Were their kids the same age as you? My family was really lovely. Um, I had my exchange student. She was 17 as well, to my age. And there was also a younger boy who was 10. Mm. He was really nice and I always played games with him. (laughs) And then um, my host student's parents, they were lovely. Her mum was a teacher for refugees and her father was a delivery driver. And what was it like in their house? Did you speak English at all or was it French the whole time? It was French the whole time. They didn't speak any English. Oh, goodness. Um, They spoke a little bit, and so they could help me out if I was really struggling. But I preferred speaking French because it gave me a good chance to really work on my language. Tout de fait. So how did you find school over in France? I loved the school over there. I thought it was so interesting and so different to what is here. I really loved how they all wore casual clothes because we had to wear uniforms and they found it so interesting that we wore uniforms. 
I suppose there are some differences like that. What about food at school? Is it very much like ours, like canteen and lunch breaks? Is it the same or what happens It was there? quite different. I wasn't expecting, I found that really shocking and it really struck me as something very interesting and cool. So they had a massive cafeteria and everyone would have their own student card with a certain amount of money loaded to it. And you would go in during the day and get your lunch and pay for it with your card. And there were various desserts and snacks as well. But no one would bring their lunch in, which is quite different to here. Yes, because in Australia, most students will bring their lunch. But even ones that go to the canteen, it is very much like the old-fashioned tuck shop where you can just buy rolls or a pie or, you know, pretty basic foods. Over there, it might be more like what, our listeners in the US would be used to, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, very much so. And they had full meals for lunch rather than just a sandwich or something. Right. So in France, where they have their petit siesta, where a lot of the shops close between 12 and 2, does the school close as well? Are the hours different to what we have in Australia? Um, no. However, on Wednesdays, they did finish at 1. Right. But um, the school in general, the, every day the hours were different. You could finish at, at 1, 3 or 5 on any given day, just depending on your classes. Ah. So my Jane student finished at 5 on Tuesdays, which meant by the time we got home it was pitch black. <laughs> yes. So did you have the same classes as her? Yes, I just went to all her classes, except she did do German as well, and I've never spoken a word of German in my life, so I would just go sit in the library for those classes. Yes, that's probably got a little bit of an extra degree of difficulty, I imagine. So (laughs) paint a picture for us of a day at school over there. You arrive in the morning, and what do you do? Well, we arrive in the morning, and everyone would just wait outside the front, um, and everyone would do their smoking, which kind of shocked me because that's not really part of our culture here in Australia Mm. but so many people smoked outside school there and then there was only one way to enter which was one door-sized gate which really surprised me because there were thousands of students at this school and they all had to enter through this one gate and then there would be the morning classes and then a little break which you couldn't get food during but you would speak to all your friends in like this shelter and then day, midday classes and then lunch and then you would either go home or stay until five. <laughs> yes, and hang out. So when I go on holiday somewhere, I try and get an idea of what it would be like to live there. But you actually got to live in France for a time. What was something you found surprising or didn't expect once you were living like a local over there? Something I didn't um, expect really was how nice everyone would be. Um, because I've always heard that French culture was a little bit, not mean or anything, just a little bit standoffish, Mm. but everyone was so warm and welcoming. And I also didn't expect how many people would speak English. Mm. And so people would come up to me in the schoolyard and be like, oh, can I practice my English with you? (laughs) Um, So that was really lovely. I must admit that's something that I've always found is that French people any part of France, have always been so beautifully warm and wonderful to me. I have never encountered a rude person once. But I wonder whether that's because we are making the effort to speak French and they know we're making an effort and they know we're trying and so they are warmer towards us. But I just have never seen any of the other stereotype that is sometimes shown in, in shows and sometimes other tourists report. I've never seen that at all. Yeah. Did you get the opportunity to travel anywhere else in France with your host family? 
Yes, we went to um, Rums. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's in Rats? the Champagne region. And we went to the Christmas markets there for a day and it was beautiful. Oh, um, oh because was... of course you were there at Christmas time. How yeah. exquisite. So we went to the Christmas markets there and they were all in front of the beautiful cathedral of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And that was just stunning. And there was all these marching bands and various chalets with like hot wine and churros and stuff. And I also went to Vendée, which is um, to the west of France in, wow. for the, in the countryside for Christmas. That was where my host family's grandparents were. Yeah. And that was very lovely. We also went to this little island called Ile de Noirmontier, which was beautiful. I didn't expect to see a beach while I was in France, but yeah. I did get there. <laughs> Actually, we don't seem to consider France a beachy kind of place, but then... Mm. A lot of it is surrounded by ocean, so it stands to reason that they would be quite beach-going people, I imagine, especially with the Mediterranean down south. And I have some friends that live down near Biarritz, and there's a lot of surfing that goes on down that way. That sounds like just such a wonderful travel experience in France as well, Mm -hmm. from a local perspective, a lifetime memory that I'm sure you will treasure. You've gone through your last year of school back in Australia this has been a time when COVID shut the schools in Melbourne, where we're from, and learning happened online from home for a lot of the time. What is a positive memory that you have of your time in France that's helped you through this last 12 months? I think my favourite memory of France was going and walking around Paris with one of my friends. We um, went without our host sisters and we went on our own. And we just walked along the Champs-Élysées mm. and did some shopping there and that was just amazing and it's reminded me like during the tough times this year that that all those memories will happen again and I'll get to travel with all my friends and so it's really lovely. That is true that is something that we should focus on right now that these memories that we treasure we will get to repeat them one day which is a very lovely thought to hold on to. What was apart from going down the Champs-Élysées one of your most favourite things or your experiences or um, an event perhaps from your exchange to France? Well, I did love the Christmas markets mm. in the Champagne region, but I also loved walking around Paris and the Galerie de Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And I think my favourite part of it all was every, absolutely everything was decorated for Christmas, mm. um, which I found a bit different to hear because while most things are just absolutely everything there was Mm. and so that was beautiful and it really because I was away from my family for Christmas it gave a bit of that excitement and like Christmas magic I guess for me. Yeah being away from your family at Christmas when you're 17 I imagine is pretty tough but if you've got a friend if you're looking at a place through fresh eyes hopefully that was something that made it very special memorable for you. So are you planning to return to France when travel is once again possible? Yes, definitely. I It's my dream to go to Strasbourg. I'd love to go there. And also I really want to see Saint-Tropez and the, near the Mediterranean, all those areas. Those little villages near Strasbourg look mm. so beautiful. I know that Colmar near there is somewhere that yeah. I'd like to go as well and uh, Annecy as well, which mm. just looks stunning. Yes, there are loads of places yet to travel and uncover in France, so I'm with you. As soon as we can get back there, I'm headed back over there as well. So how are you planning to keep connected to France now that you're finished school and no longer learning the language? Yeah, I'd love to watch a couple of French shows and also some of my favourite English shows that I can watch in French and watch that again. I also love various French movies. Mm. Uh, one of my favourites is La Belle Famille. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's very funny. Um, and I'd also like to do a bit of a diploma of languages on the side of my uni course just to refresh my language and keep my skills. <laughs> that sounds like a wonderful idea. Now, we always <laughs> share a French dish and a recipe in each episode. Is there something that you have brought back in your mind from France that you think you may not be able to do without food-wise? <laughs> well, my, one of my favourite dishes was the cannelles. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that right. But they're from Bordeaux and they're little cakes with all your cake staples, milk, flour, butter, sugar, and also a little bit of rum. Um, and they're tiny and they're very crunchy and sugary and delicious. <laughs> They are just delicious. Yes, I have seen some recipes for those over the Christmas period and we will share a recipe for those on the Little Bells Frank Files website because they are something that's a little bit special to have as a snack. In each episode of Little Bells Frank Files, I also like to share some French music. Now, I've shared music from unknown artists or up-and-coming artists from all sorts of genres and also some of my friends that have got works that they wanted to share. Have you got any music that came your way when you were staying in France that you would like to share with us? Yeah, well, my host family, every night they would watch a game show called N'oubliez pas les paroles, which mm. is Don't Forget the Lyrics. Ah. And so it was obviously all music central and I really liked some of the music there. My favourite song, which ended up being one of my top songs on Spotify this year, was called Conjete Chanteur by Vianney. Mm-hmm. And I really loved it. I thought it was so beautiful and especially... I think French, the language just makes anything beautiful. It does. It just sounds like poetry, which of course it is, (laughs) but in French. We will play that in a moment. But firstly, thank you so much for your time today, Grace McMahon, and I really appreciate your perspective of what it's like to live in regional France. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was lovely to have a chat to you. And now here is Conjeté Chanteux by Vianney. Merci, Grace. Merci. J'ai mon rhumatisme Qui devient gênant Ma pauvre Cécile J'ai 73 ans Je fais de la chaise longue Et j'ai une babysitter Je traînais moins la jambe Quand j'étais chanteur J'avais des boots blanches Un gros ceinturon Une chemise ouverte Sur un médaillon C'était mon sourire Mon atout majeur Je m'éclatais comme une bête Quand j'étais chanteur Un soir à Saint-Georges Je faisais la kermesse Ma femme attendait Planquée dans la Mercedes Elle s'est fait jeter dans l'Indre Par tout mon fan club J'avais une vie dingue Quand j'étais chanteur 
Les gens de la police me reconnaissaient Les excès de vitesse Je les payais jamais J'ai 73 ans J'ai appris que Mick Jagger Est mort dernièrement J'ai fêté les adieux De Sylvie Vartan Pour moi il y a longtemps C'est fini Je comprends plus grand chose Aujourd'hui Mais j'entends quand même That was Congeté Chanteur by Vianney. Vianney is a French singer-songwriter originally from Pau in southwest France but moved to Paris in his teens and at age 24 he won Performing Artist of the Year at the Victoire de la Musique Awards in 2016. I will place the link to that gorgeous song we've just heard as well as more info about Vianney on lulabellsfrancophiles.com. We just heard before Vianney from Grace McMahon, Marbella Me, who went on an exchange to France in 2019 about her fave French treat, cannelée. Cannelées are unique little cakes from Bordeaux, France, and are absolutely delightful. They are, however, very difficult to make by all reports. Cannelées can be bought in a few cafes in Melbourne for francophiles local to me, Gracious and Delicious in Geelong, and also Chouquette on Sydney Road, Brunswick. However, a quick Google search will find them in your local area, wherever you're listening from today. A perfect cannelé will have a rich, moist and custody heart beneath a thin, crispy, caramelised shell. They are trade lissieux if you get them right. First, to get a beautiful, shiny exterior, you'll need to coat the inside of a special copper mould with a beeswax and butter mix. Then make a batter of vanilla beans, milk, sugar, butter, flour, eggs, including some extra egg yolks, and if being true to the traditional Bordeaux style, some dark rum too. The complicated process is fiddly, but it's clearly worth the effort. So I will place a recipe I have found, which is the result of much trial and error by the writer. Why make our own mistakes in the kitchen when we can learn from someone else's, I say? If you haven't got the patience to make them yourself, though, like moi, then I recommend finding a place to purchase them as they are magnifique. So, c'est tout pour aujourd'hui. 
That is all for another Ludabelle's Francophiles episode. I'm loving hearing from Francophiles that you're enjoying being transported to France as much as I am. I'd like to send a petite cheerio to a Francophile Donna who has been doing a road trip up the east coast of Australia and has been listening along the way. Voyage en toute sécurité, Donna. I would also like to thank an anonymous Francophile who has sent through some French jokes for me to tell. So here goes with one of them. Why do French people eat snails? Because they don't like fast food. <laughs> I love it. Merci to my anonymous Francophile for that little chuckle to brighten our day. Now, new listeners may like to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Lulabelle's Francophiles on Instagram to be notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or just head to the Lulabelle's Francophiles website, that's lulabellesfrancophiles.com, which is the place to stay connected to one of our favourite destinations, France. Au revoir. Et à bientôt.